Behold, Joseph, son of David, do not fear, but take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. I'll never forget a similar announcement like that when Kelly said, Behold, Tim, we're expecting. <laughs> and it's like, Shazam, right? I just got over the idea that, uh, you know, I had to change diapers. We just donated all the maternity clothes to the Crisis Pregnancy Center. We just sold the crib. My, how plans change. How things change. You know, nobody expected Jesus to be born that first Christmas. It came completely out of the blue. No one anticipated it. It was totally unplanned. There was no painted nursery. There was no warm snuggie. There was no diaper pail. You know what I'm saying? And in fact, it messed up everybody's plans. If you just read this story, it's amazing. Every year as I turn and review and read again and familiarize myself with everything that really took place, how it all unfolded and everything transpired, it's amazing. And everybody was just totally surprised. Certainly messed up King Herod's plans. I mean, he was thinking he was going to be the Messiah. And wait a minute, here's another person being announced as the Messiah. It messed up the shepherds' plans. All they wanted was a really nice, quiet evening out in shepherds' field. It messed up the religious leaders' plans. They were really looking for this political kind of guy, this military-style dictator kind of guy that was going to come in and clean house and set everything back up the way they wanted it. And all of a sudden, here's a guy that says, turn the other cheek, go the second mile, love your neighbor. And they're like, hold on just a moment. This is not in the cards. It messed up the innkeeper's plan. He ran out of space. But you know what? Most of all, it messed up Mary and Joseph's plans. Think about it. This is just a young couple raised in a two-bit town somewhere. They just want to do like everybody else, have a family, work in town, be a carpenter, weave baskets, all the things people do in the first century, and behold. And during this engagement period, God speaks into their life. Now just think about it from Mary's perspective. Mary's hearing this angel say, behold, and three things are going to happen to you, Mary. One is you're going to get pregnant before your wedding day. And two, Joseph won't be the father. And three, it's going to be the son of God. Think of that. That really messed up their plans. You know, has God ever messed up your plans? My plans got messed up uh, about 6.30 this morning when Dwayne called and said, I'm sick. I can't preach in the traditional service. How many times do our plans go awry? Like all the time, right? There was a day when I was planning to become a physician. I mean, that was in my mind. I love medicine, I love science, and I was headed in this direction, and all of a sudden, God's like, behold. 
Before that, I think I was going to be a rock star or something like that. I had longer hair, and I was thinking I was going to, you know, beat the dickens out of the drums and that kind of stuff. And it's like, behold, God's got different plans. Now, we've all had our plans the last couple of years messed up. Anniversaries have been shot. We couldn't go on our anniversary. Um, Retirements are put on ice a little bit. Weddings are delayed. Vacations canceled. Most of us have had our plans messed up. In fact, as I shared last week, I heard the story about this uh, lady that took her son to sit on Santa Claus's lap over Thanksgiving up in New York. And she's approaching Santa Claus and finds out it's her ex-husband <laughs> who hasn't paid child support. And I'm sure they weren't planning on that. And about three hours later, he brings in, or she brings in the uh, court injunction, and he's not singing ho, ho, ho any longer, I can tell you that. (laughs) A lot of things in life, friends, don't go as we plan it. And I'm not saying that everything that happens, God plans. And you need to think about that, because God is not the author of evil. If somebody gets cancer, that's not God's plans. If somebody gets abused, that's not the plan of God. If someone pulls out a gun and decides up in a Michigan school somewhere, we're going to end some lives, that's not God's plan. In fact, that's why every week we pray the Lord's Prayer. Because you realize that a lot of people don't want to do God's will. They want to do their own thing. God's will is not always done. The fact is a lot of plans get messed up because of stupidity. Because of the way that we want it, the things that we want to do. But yet God's providence changes circumstances. And that's exactly what happened some 2,000 years ago when Jesus was brought into this world. And so what do you do when God says, behold? What do you do? What do you do when those situations come into your life and you realize it's out of your control, things are going in a different direction than what you had planned? What do you do? I find this happens to me quite a bit in life. It really does. And in fact, my life is really, I've just learned it's all about the interruptions because that's what happens in my life. Every day's different. Every day's an adventure. And, you know, I just kind of become a philosopher about this, and I start thinking, God, what is it that you want me to learn in this moment? What is going on right now that I need to be growing in, that I need to be learning, that you're moving in this situation that's so, uh, you know, far beyond my understanding? What is going on? And one of the things that I have found out that God is trying to get is my attention. You know, oftentimes when these things happen, I think God wants our devotion. God is saying, I want your attention. But you know what? In our day, we are so focused on other things. I want you to watch this video clip and tell me if it's not reality in our world.
another place where kind of anaconda strategy that Iran has. The signage there to direct them, you know, to proceed. But something has to be done because I can't have an event. Right. Without With the proven track record. Exactly. Right. So I think that's But I think that the, at the longer you are in a. I'm just like, get over yourself. direction on what to do about the job today no actually I didn't I don't know what the deal is it's like God is trying to ignore me or something friends I gotta ask are you listening today to the voice of God just stop and think about in this busy world where we are all focused on our own plans. I just wonder today, are truly tuned in to God today? Now, in Mary and Joseph's case, plans were so unbelievable. It was so incredible. It was almost so far-fetched. It was so remarkable that God had to use supernatural means just to reach these people. And I believe in the omniscience of God, as God could see throughout the time span of history, this is perhaps the only time, the only couple he could see that was going to buy into this plan. And it was the only point in history where God could speak and get a hold of people's attention. And he had to send this angel, and perhaps they wouldn't have believed it any other way. He sent this angel and said, this is going to happen. You are going to be the father of the Messiah. I want to say something to you today. You don't have to have an angel to hear God. Because now Jesus came and he sent the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, to come alongside you, to guide you to comfort you, to provide for your salvation. And now we have the Holy Spirit. We don't need the angel to tell us, for we have the Holy Spirit. But I wonder today, are you listening? You know when the devil speaks to you, uh, he gives you an idea, that's temptation. But when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and gives you an idea, a suggestion, that's inspiration. And God wants us to listen to him. He wants to inspire. He wants to lead. He wants to guide. He wants to care for you. He wants to protect you. God says, I just want you to listen to me. And we mostly don't listen because we've got spiritual ADD going on. We've got this attention deficit disorder. I don't know if it was like uh, in your house way it was in my home during Thanksgiving, you look up at one point and everybody is on their tablet. From the 86-year-old right down to the 18-year-old, everybody's buried in their tablet or on their phone, they're surfing, they're checking out. And you know, today we are listening to anything and everything except the voice of God. 
Now, I love this text in Psalm 81 here. God says, I wish my people would listen to me. Why do you suppose that God wants your attention? Because, for one, God wants to spare you a lot of pain and grief in life. We get ourselves into so much trouble because we want to go it alone. We want to succumb to our own desires, our own plans, our own will. There's another great text there in the scripture in the book of Proverbs 16. And it says, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. There's a lot of things in life that seem to be logical. It seemed to be, yes, this is exactly what I should be doing, but it ends in death. I mean, have you ever made a decision that you thought was a surefire success? I mean, a sure, you know, guaranteed this is going to work out? I think a lot of us thought, you know, um, uh, the Buckeyes there last week, we just thought that was a sure thing. It's in the bag. They're going to win this thing. Whatever favorite team you have almost always makes me miserable every week. You're just like, you thought this was a sure thing. And so many times, plans in our life, we just have it, this is the way it's going to go, and then it's an unmitigated failure. It just collapses right before your eyes. God says, my plans for your life are good and follow my plans. God wants to get our attention. And that's why God says, I want you to listen to me. I need your devotion. Because God can see around the corner. God can see the future. He knows all the detours. He understands all of the roadblocks that are up ahead. And he just says, follow my lead. Give your life to me. Devote yourself to my ways. God says, if you live this way, if you follow my design, if you follow my will, you're going to have a lot of satisfaction in life. You're going to have contentment. Uh, you're going to have a lot of things go your way. You're going to really reap great reward and have tremendous success. But if you go your own way, it's going to create such havoc in your life. It's going to build up anger. You're going to have stress. You're going to have worry. You're going to have guilt. There's all kinds of things that are going to really come into your life if you follow your own ways. It's kind of like a mom who tells her child, don't touch the hot stove. Not trying to be tyrannical, not trying to be evil, but they love the child. I'm trying to save you from harm and difficulty and pain. There's a way that seemeth right unto mankind, but the end thereof is death. Now, when I go through these unexpected changes these interruptions in my day and God's getting my attention there there's another thing that I have found that is uh, really important to understand and that is that God has a different plan for the situation and for my life and how important it is that we discover the plan that God has for us the Bible says very clearly that everybody is made with a purpose do you realize how gifted you are you are such a very special person. You have to understand that. I mean, fingerprints, your retina pattern, snowflakes, and you. 
You are so special in the eyes of God. God has given you incredible gifts, incredible things for you to do, for you to flourish. And it's so incredibly important for you to discover that, for you to pay attention to what God is telling you and for you, you to use your gifts and graces because God has a plan for your life. And your goal is to figure out what that purpose is and then to put your whole weight behind it. Now, this text that's on the screen is Jeremiah 29 11, one of my all-time favorites. But I know what I'm planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. Notice it says a hope and a good future. Don't you want hope in life? Don't you want a good future? God says my plans for your life are good. And I know a lot of people think, if I really gave my life to God, I'm going to be some type of hermit. I'm going to be like in Amish country. I'm going to be SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm not going to have any fun. There's not going to be anything to do. I'll have a completely square board life. Now, Mary and Joseph, all they wanted to do was just get married. But you know what? God had a bigger picture. God had a different understanding as he looked into their life and all humanity. And Mary and Joseph just wanted to get married and settle down. But God said, I want to bless the whole world through you. God's plans are always bigger, always greater. And you know what? I think that's why so many people cut God out of their life because they're looking for the path of least resistance. Just get me my hot cocoa and a tablet. And turn a ball game on and you all can do whatever you want to do. But I'm sitting here tonight. Or I'm going to do this. But God has such a bigger plan for your life. God says, I want you to do these three things. I want you to get to know me. And not just about me. But I want you to really get to know me. Have a relationship. And he says, not only that, I want you to know the purpose that I have for your life. And I want you to fulfill that purpose. And third, he said, I wanted to build your character. Hence the interruptions that come into our life to build patience and strength and love and compassion. God wants to build our character. It's the only thing you can take with you, right? When it's all said and done. Can you imagine getting before God and not being ready. And I can tell you that's what a lot of people do today. They have bought out to a different kind of worldview. But one of these days, we're going to have to give an account. One of these days, you're going to stand before God. And we can slough it off. We can pretend like, nah, that's not really the mindset in a sophisticated 21st century. You can think all kinds of things. But this last year, you know, we've lost a lot of people. And, you know, coming up in a couple of weeks, as they do the last week of the year, they're going to go back through all the famous people that have died, and they're going to roll their pictures out, everything, George Siegel, Prince Philip, Larry King, Tommy Lasorda, all the others that are going to be right there. And uh, we're really going to get, uh, you know, quite reflective, maybe about our own personal life. Some people die young, some people die old, but everybody's going to die eventually. And what are you going to do when you stand before God who says, Behold, 
Jesus said, I came at Christmas to get you ready. I came at Christmas to provide for your future. We need to understand the plan that God has for us, devote our attention, our life to God, but then lastly, we need to depend upon God. Now, can you imagine for just a moment the faith that it must have taken, the trust that this must have been for this guy, Joseph, in the first century? Friends, we're living in a first century world here. And if your fiancé came to you and said, Behold, honey, I'm pregnant, and by the way, it's God's fault. Now, who would believe that? Would you believe that story? No. And the Bible tells us that Joseph didn't believe it either. Now, we don't know a whole lot about this guy known as Joseph. And we could really think about this. You know, we don't have a whole lot of information extra-biblical information about the life here of Joseph and Jesus' family. We know he had some other brothers, things like that. Uh, we hear maybe that Joseph was a carpenter. But, you know, our tour guide was pointing out, look around, guys, do you see a lot of uh, buildings here out of wood? Is this guy a, a carpenter? We can debate all those kinds of things, but the Bible does give us some insight into this guy we call the father of Jesus the earthly father of Jesus, Joseph, because it says here in the text that he was going to put her away privately. Now that, friend, says something about the man's character and perhaps why God chose this guy. In that first century, we're talking about a scarlet letter world. We're talking there in this Middle Eastern, primitive-type, first-century culture. This is where the stones come out in this kind of thing, in this environment. And he's thinking, I love this woman so much, I'm just going to make this whole thing go away privately. And it says it right in the text. I'm going to put her away privately. He was going to call off the engagement and just say, I'm going a different direction but God gets a hold of him here and says, Behold, Joseph, she's right. It's okay. And can you imagine the faith, the trust that Mary must have had to realize that God was choosing her to be the instrument of grace for the whole world? God's plan was so different than their plans And you know, the Bible says there's only one way to please God, and it's not by ritual or rules. It's not by pomp and circumstance and ceremony and following a long list of rules and regulations, but it's placing your trust in God. In fact, the Bible says that in Hebrews 11. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Friends, you may be really discouraged these days. I, I, I got to tell you, the last couple of years has weighed on everybody's minds. I mean, we've had sick family. This mass thing is killing us and dividing us. You could just go through the whole list of things. Maybe you're here today and you're lonely. That loved one is not with you this year. There's been loss in your life. Maybe there's just... Your future is not very certain right now. It could be any number of things that's weighing on your heart. Friends, today is the day to give God your attention. Discover whatever that plan is that God has for your life. You know what? It's not too late. 
Maybe you haven't seen it up the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, but today is the day, and you can make 2022 a clear year to remember as you place your trust in God. We want to share communion together today, and as we do, I want to invite you to, um, to pray with me, to think about what God is doing in your life, to give your life to God. If you don't have a communion kit, I know our ushers, Ron's got some, we're making those available. But as we prepare for this, this moment, sharing communion together, I want to invite you to pray with me and pray earnestly with me. You give your attention to God, what God wants for your life, how God wants to direct your life and lead your life, how you need to trust in God. So let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you today that we can gather here in this season of Advent around this table and break bread together. And Lord, how we can just fall into your presence today, regardless of what we've done in the past, the problems that we've made, the challenges that have just overwhelmed us and we've not followed through in our walk of faith with you like we intended We've succumbed to temptation. Lord, we seek your forgiveness today. Lord, help us to give our full attention to you. To not allow the things of this world to sidetrack us and get us down. But to keep our eyes on your son Jesus, who came in that manger so long ago for redemption in a different way, to give us hope and a good future. So, Lord, we give ourselves to you today. Lord, I just pray for that one that's here that really needs your spirit upon their life today. Lord, as they pray right now to accept you into their life, may your spirit Come in and bless them and lift them and nourish them and overwhelm them with assurance today and joy of knowing Jesus as their personal Savior. Lord, we ask your blessing upon this bread and cup that it truly might be for us your body and blood. We give you thanks, Lord, for how you took the bread and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, this is my body. And likewise, you took the cup and said, this is my blood. Take and eat and drink in remembrance of me. And Lord, truly, we remember today. After all these years, we stand here in this 21st century in awe of the historical events that unfolded so long ago, even that it split the centuries. And we give you thanks, Lord, for this meal that we can nourish our spiritual lives on. So bless us as we partake in this meal here today. And we pray it in the name of Jesus Christ, the newborn King. Amen.
the body of Christ given for you and the cup of salvation for the remission of sin. I invite you to take your communion kit. I'm sure you're familiar by now. You can peel the first layer back and join with me as we remember today the body of Christ given for you. And likewise, the cup of salvation, the shed blood of Christ. Join with me, if you will, as we remember what God has done for us in his son, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God.